are Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators Podcast, Justin Bradford, Matt Best. And so much effort, so many great opportunities, uh, so much control of the game, especially early on, but the Nashville Predators just could not make things fall against Tampa Bay Lightning and Tampa Bay just showing how good of a team they are is taking advantage of chances that were given to them and they come up with a victory in Nashville and Nashville is a quick turnaround facing Dallas the very next day but Matt overall in this game the Nashville Predators I mean there were moments where they just were pouring it on Tampa and Andre Vasilevsky was just standing as tall as he possibly could and pouring it on in a way that was actually impressive and you could tell just based on the on Twitter the crowd reaction the arena so many Predators fans that everyone was pleased with the overall effort given. And you don't see many people that are upset with the loss because the Nashville Predators played really well in this game. They just could not get the puck to fall in their direction. Yeah. And this is going to happen against upper echelon teams where they have an elite goaltender. You're not going to be able to beat Vasilevsky even on a fluky goal on his best nights. And this was one of Vasilevsky's best nights of the season. Um, I do just want to talk about that Ross Colton goal. Uh, the assist by Yanni Gord was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, uh, what a play! I'll give credit where credit's due. Ross Colton also coming out just guns blazing to start his uh, tenure this year with the Lightning. Very, very good. Uh, my quick takeaways from this game: Rem Pitlick looks good. Going Rem to the Pitlick net, baby. Looks very good. Driving uh, to the net. <laughs> going to the net, having the awareness, shooting the puck, and smart opportunities instead of just firing the puck because he's scared. Um, I keep trying to remember that Rem Pitlick is 24 and he's not like a 21, 20 year old, like starry eyed youngster. So it's nice to see that he's not just too overwhelmed by the NHL. He looks like he fits. Um, this isn't to say I'm not as high on Pitlick as a lot of people are in terms of, we'll let him play the number one center right now while everyone's injured kind of thing. No, I don't want to see that. I want to see him eased into it a bit. Uh, third line center, second line center. Sure. I, I get like if he does play first line center, eventually the minutes might not come with it, which is okay with me. So whenever we're talking about first, second, third line kind of things, just keep in mind, we're also trying to equate the minutes to it. I'm looking at it now. We have 10 minutes, 23 seconds time on ice. I'd like to see him by the end of the season, assuming he sticks with the team and gets consistent playing time hmm. around the 14 minute mark would be nice. And him getting 14 minutes a night and playing every night would be kind of nice. And, and what what I did like too is they put him on the wing. I think that allowed him to be a little more freewheeling in his game mm-hmm. to drive to the net like that because he didn't have to have the responsibility of being a center, which helped him look better too, utilize his speed even more. And what I'd like to see as well, just getting more minutes means getting some power play time. Uh, get those youngsters out there because they're going to need to develop that way as well. Uh, but yeah, Rem Pitlick, I mean, you could tell everybody was noticing it because in the first period alone, he had three really good chances. They were trying to get him the puck too. Like he was going to the right spot and trying to get him the puck. And if you look at just the heat map over the Predators were getting so many of their shots off. Yeah, they had point shots, but the deep red is right in front of the net. And plenty of those were due to guys trying to get it to Rem Pitlick. Yeah. And that's what happens, too, when you dress some bigger bodies in the lineup. And when you don't have those skilled players, you kind of have to revert to the basics, which is fired at the net and hope you get a garbage rebound and chuck it in. Um, I wasn't I'm not disappointed in this team. I don't think that's the right word here. I think I'm more so just 
meh, this is kind of what you would expect undermanned against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, I, I understand that the Predators were out shooting the Lightning by a bunch halfway through the game, and then the Lightning kind of clawed their way in. But that's kind of what happens when the Predators come out of the gates screaming and just hitting everything and playing that aggressive tempo. Tampa was like, okay, we'll we'll wait. We have Vasilevsky in net. He can save a bunch of these. We'll just, we'll wait. And then Tampa started to pour it on slowly, but surely the pressure started mounting. Uh, turnovers started occurring for the Predators kind of thing. It's if the Preds were fully dressed, then it would be more of a game where we overanalyze and talk about each player being like, well, he did this wrong. He did this wrong. Like cousins didn't have a great game. You can tell that just based on watching the game, he did not have a good game, but you could say the same for a lot of the Preds, but I think it's just easier for us at this point in a game where everyone was injured to talk about the good and Rem Pitt like was the good. And, and the natural Predators too. Uh, based on just natural statric, they had 14 high danger chances. I saw that to five, and I don't believe it. And Why don't I you? Don't... No, no, dude, that's totally accurate. No, I, I think the 14, I believe. Yeah, the five from the lightning, I don't believe. I think that number should be a bit higher. They, the lightning overall, especially most of the game, they were taking a lot of perimeter opportunities. They I really weren't... should be a tiny bit higher. I'm not asking really... for like 10 to 14 or anything like that. Okay. I'm asking for like two or three more. That's like it. seven. Even yeah, then, like, it just yeah. shows the natural predators. They were, tr- they were given the roster they had, they were doing everything they possibly could. Yeah. There's not much no, this more was... overall that you could have asked for from the natural predators in this game. No. And you're going to see more turnovers and more blaring bad plays because you're playing guys more minutes than they're used to. You're giving them an opportunity that they're not accustomed to. Like the Nick Cousins plays that I keep bringing up he doesn't usually play that much he doesn't usually get offensive zone starts that frequently so it's he's gonna mess up because that's just not in his wheelhouse and the same can be said for a lot of these other players um yeah but yeah the only glaring issue I saw was just play pit like more that was it yeah and I mean Pecorine overall looked looked good he made some stellar saves I mean he he helped keep the game close as well Mm-hmm. Uh, with some of the opportunities that he was able to stop. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things I'll have to take the pauses from this and react quickly. To Dallas obviously plays a different type of game than Tampa Bay, and it makes that Dallas game mean even more on Sunday. So let's discuss that up next here on the Locked Up Predators podcast. He's my best. I'm Justin Bradford. Let's talk about bets, baby. I'm done singing right now. Uh, you definitely thought I was going to say something else. Great song, though. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You can bet on baseball. There is a ton of games every single day, and it's beautiful. I love it, except for when the Blue Jays get rained out three hours later and have to play, and then they pour in like 13 runs in three innings. You love it. Uh, bet online covers everything. NBA, baseball, like I said, awards, TV shows, reality TV, politics, anything you can think of, they have it. And it's not only bets. They have props. They have futures. They have a bunch of stuff for you. If you don't know what any of that means, tweet at me at Best of Matt and we'll help you out. But speaking of helping you out, Bet Online is going to do that and they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N at betonline.ag. And that 50% welcome bonus, you give them 100 bucks, they give you 50. Whatever amount you give them, they give you half back. And for free, no strings attached, play with it. And if you don't like it, you can just leave. But make sure you use that promo code locked on L O C K E D O N at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked and Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best, who's touching himself right now. No, you can't say that because we're not a video podcast. 
and now everyone doesn't know what I was touching. That's just for them to imagine. Send me your best drawings of what you think. Ugh. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> no, no, I was trying to get people to draw pictures of me. I think that would be funny. Uh, go ahead, folks. Draw your pictures. Don't draw pictures. Please don't send me. Tweet them at phallic, everybody. Phallic pictures. Tweet, tweet, tweet them, them at, at Justin. No, tweet them at everybody. All right. The Natural Predators, it's, a, it's another big game coming up every game is a big game i mean i Mm -hmm. should stop saying big game but it's one of those it's one of those games that means even more now let's just take a quick look at the standings here before we get into the meat of this natural predators that lost to tampa bay they hold steady at 45 points 42 games played the dallas stars now still three games in hand on the natural predators they did get the win on saturday so they're at 40 points, only five points back. So it switches from what the narrative was before that now Dallas, should they win all three games in hand they have over the natural predators, they would overtake the natural predators in the standings, meaning it's a four point swing coming in, in this game against Dallas uh, mm. games means even more uh, Chicago two points back. They did win, uh, but still at 42 games played. So it really is Chicago, Dallas, natural playing for that four spots. Uh, Columbus, as we could probably tell from the trade they were involved in, knows what's up. <laughs> hey, so, pa- Patrick Lyde scored a goal. Ooh. Oh, yay, whoop de doo uh, But the National Predators as well, the reason talking about this and how there's probably going to be some lineup changes, to basically close out the game Saturday against Tampa, Michael McCarron took a match penalty uh, for head contact, his elbow got up and into the head. It was of Yanni Gord. Unnecessary play, uncalled for, and don't come at me with, well, he's just taller. You are responsible for your body. You are responsible for your stick. You're responsible for what happens on the ice to other players out there. I will rail on players and other teams. I'll rail on officials if they get things wrong. The officials got it right in this sense by calling the match penalty. Yeah, there was only 22 seconds left in the game. But you have to call that and make the player understand that it is wrong, make teams understand that it is wrong. So he deserves a suspension. I, we're, I'm not a homer when it comes to player safety, when it comes to this kind of stuff. He deserves a suspension 100%. Of that is uncalled for, and you do not need to get your elbow up like that. Just make a clean hit. And Yanni Gord was basically defenseless in that play as well. So absolutely uncalled for. That being yeah, the case. Yeah. Oh, go I, ahead, Matt, if you want to add to no, that. No, I was just going to say, you're absolutely right. Um there is no time nor place for that kind of hit. Um, and like you said, people are going to be like, well, he's bigger. It's like, yeah, if you're bigger, you should know how to control your body parts. There's yeah. there's no excuse whatsoever. I think if you look at it from a Tampa Bay perspective, you go, yep, right call, the end, end of discussion. And you just move on with it. And you go, well, that Michael McCarron guy, what an ass. And then the end. <laughs> yeah. And so that being said, Michael McCarron probably will not be playing the game against Dallas. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> uh, so, but... Now we look at the taxi squad. Taxi squad has Lewington and Ference in regards to defense. And you have Tommy Novak is the only other forward <laughs> that's available. So <laughs> will this team run 70 like they did previously against Detroit? Or do they put Tommy Novak in for an, yet another rookie to get an NHL debut? I mean, th- this is a year of NHL debuts <laughs> for the really National Predators. Is. So being against Dallas, I would almost say they would run 7D compared to putting Tommy Novak in there. But I'm not sure. I'm just speculating right now. 
the only teams I would try seven D or Detroit and Columbus. That's it. Like but in, terms, but even... in terms of balance, I mean, I would throw Lewington in there just because of some experience that he has. I, it's hard giving Novak a debut because where do you put him as well? Do you just put him on the fourth line? <sighs> I don't know where you put anybody at this point. You could <laughs> blend the lines and I'd go, that eh, looks good to me. Um, like right now, <laughs> Rocco Grimaldi, Yarn Croak, top six forwards. Like, okay, okay, I guess, I guess so. We'll we'll do this, sure. Um, I mean, Novak six one, listed at one ninety. So I mean, he's not a small dude. He's not a big dude either. He's not a big dude. Yeah, it's a like, curious thing that we'll find out. There's probably I'm assuming there won't be a morning skate, just because of back to backs. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to really find out much until we see the tweets come through from Preds PR of so-and-so has been activated from the taxi squad or, or whatnot, or if we see something like the Department of Player Safety has done this or whatnot for Michael McCarron. If you're going to play 7D, you better you better play Rem Pitt like more than 10 minutes. Well, That's, yeah. Like, and by more than 10 minutes, I mean maybe 15 minutes here. But this is a legitimate 7D. discussion, right? I mean... It is, it is. Because they're running out of players. And, I mean, it's almost too soon... Obviously, we'll be watching the AHL uh, website to see transactions potentially if like a Tanner Janot or Philip Tomasino uh, gets called up last minute or something like that. So I'm not sure what you go in that case, but at least Novak's been practicing with the team since yeah. since he got called up. So that should help in terms of being familiar. But especially if you're going to put a guy on the fourth line, is that I would think Janot or Novak would be better suited there than putting a Tomasino out there, just given his body size and everything too, with the with the role expected out of the fourth liners for this team right now. Yeah, I also think you don't want to set Tomasino up for failure no. in his first go around the NHL, and I think you need to give him a bit of practice. You need to get him around the team for a lot longer than a sniff. Um, you need to give them decent minutes and you need to give them line mates who are half decent and can either protect him and help him or can help him score, just like what we saw with Tolvanen when he started. He had the defensive security with Yarncroke, and then he eventually moved forward and was like, I can I can do my thing now. Thanks for helping me out, Yarny. See you later. Uh, same approach needs to happen with Tomasino, which if he gets called up, yeah, I'd still be excited, obviously, because it's Phil Tomasino, electric goal scorer. But I'd also be very, very cautious and be very, very worried about him being called up at the wrong time because that is a thing. But I also understand the argument on the flip side of call up one of your most skilled forwards in order yeah. to make a push when most of your skilled forwards are bye bye. Um, oh boy, bye bye is, is is right. <laughs> but if if you're the GM, do you call Tomasino up? Not not for this. Not for this. Point. No, neither do I. I don't. I'd rather continue to see him play, getting higher minutes in the AHL, and he's putting it together he's also growing ahead of lettuce uh, in chicago as well that kid mm-hmm. has a mullet coming out of his back <laughs> that's uh, pretty impressive it. for for the kid making him look much older than he is uh but tanner Janot, at least too is an offensive upside he wasn't on a scoring streak he's rolling he's rolling up there and that's that's another reason too because at least there's an offensive upside with him he's more familiar because he's more of a veteran type of player in terms of being a pro for as long as he has been uh, so that would be if you're going to call him up, but then Tom, Tommy Novak, he's been practicing with the team as well. So I think those are the two options more than anything else. If McCarron's not able to play, I think Novak gets first crack out of all these guys we're talking about because he's been here. He's done that. And it's, it's an important game. I mean, comparing the schedules between Dallas and Nashville, Nashville has a way harder schedule to end up the season. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Whereas Dallas gets Detroit four times who did beat the Carolina hurricanes. I will give the Red Wings that 
but they also have Columbus. Um, you flip over to the next month, they get Nashville again and close out the season with Chicago. Whereas like Nashville's kind of layup games mm-hmm. in Chicago, right? Like that's who you got to go out and then you got a pair against Columbus. And I don't even like calling the Chicago games layup games. No, definitely not. And I mean, funny that I called hitters, you know, more of a veteran type player. He's a little bit, this is only his third year in a pro, but given all the injuries, he's a veteran. That's a vet. That's a vet. <laughs> That's a not vet. an NHL de- debut. It's a vet. Uh, but yeah. So, all right. Interesting of what's coming up next. The Predators do have some challenging games. And I mean, yeah. Speaking of defense and all this, just real quick before we head over to the next segment, what do you think of Ryan Ellis's uh, comeback? I thought overall he's fine. I mean, he was hustling as much as he possibly could. I, I think he was almost rushed in because he was even saying in post game that he didn't really get too much of a chance to skate with the guys. Yeah. I, I <laughs> you just picked up on that too, huh? Oh yeah. Um, I think he's a little slower than what he was, but not to the point where it's like, gotta get him out of the lineup. It's right. like, nope, 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 nope. His shot was still firing. Oh yeah. I'll give that. Oh yeah. It's just conditioning, right? Like for, if you're sure. for that and- long. We'll notice notice this as well with Ellis, what he said in post-game, and he was in a good mood. I mean, you you can always tell when a team knows they performed well, they just got beat by a better team, and they can't be overly frustrated because his mood was good. And Ellis, when they lose horribly, he's in a bad mood post-game. Like, you can tell his answers. But here, you could tell overall he felt good about the team, and he even noted, this was big, that it seems like there's a complete 180 compared to when he got injured and left. That this team, That's the air huge. about the team, the energy about the team is completely different. That he felt great coming back in because the energy is better <laughs> and they know they have a chance to win games. Uh, well, well. He doesn't recognize half the team right well, now. Well, that too. But he said it's, it's, it, it was a good way to walk in uh, to be a part of that and to see that more. Even though he's kind of been around, he hasn't been around as much just because he's been reconditioning to try to get back into shape. Uh, but that's that was a noticeable thing to be said. And for a player to say that, again, it reignites the whole thing that we know that something did change. And every time it's been asked, Adam Vink basically had the theme of asking that too, of when it's changed. And every single player that's been asked that says the road trip. And we all know that, but it's good to have that answer be consistent now for so many people to say that. Because it's not like they say, okay, now if somebody asks about when our mood changed, we're going to say the road trip, right? It's like you're getting their story set for this. So you can tell that something did change in that trip. And it's good for them to note that and to see that because it, it shows, too, that everyone's analysis was correct up until that point and that the team was bad. Something flipped a switch in that team where they became a team that's more confident in themselves and buying in. Therefore, I'm not worried about cold takes or anything like that because the team at that point was bad. They were awful. They, they were, were god awful. They were brutal. We were considering them for a top five pick in the draft. Right. They were free falling. I mean, they had an 18 shot first period this game. Yeah. In what world would we have ever seen that before that road trip? Never. Never. Why? Because their given Nate Schmidt level has gone through the roof <laughs> and they're buying into, yeah, we got to play this style tonight because we don't have X forward, X forward, X forward. Right. So we got to go rough and tumble, fire as many pucks on net and just generate chances. And that would have never happened before. I think a lot of it has to do with during that road trip, they must have had some come to Jesus moment with John Hines. And Hines is like, <laughs> listen. I'm going to get fired and all of you are going to get traded. So we got to do something and just show up. Even if it means we barely miss the playoffs. I'm now past the point of caring about a top pick because this draft sucks for lack of a better term. And I really hope all these young kids prove me wrong. And a lot of them come out to be flying NHL superstars, but based on what I've seen, not great. 
Uh, so this is just a little more semi-acceptable to finish right out of the standings because you're seasoning guys like Tolvanen. I'll take that as a victory. But my goodness, if this Jekyll and Hyde act happens next year and we're talking about it and they go from free falling to missing the playoffs by a couple points, I'm going to be real pissed. <laughs> All right. Well, up next, we're, we pretty much dissected this game and what we see from it as much as we possibly can. But we did have a we have plenty of questions that came in from friend yes. of the show, Cat. We're going to answer this one. It's where's the best place to sit in a hockey arena for a hockey game as a fan? That's up next here on the Locked Up Birders podcast. He's Matt Best. I'm Justin Bradford. Built bar, built bar, built bar. I was going to sing a song like I did in the first ad read, but I can't think of any song. So I'm just going to tell you all about Built Bar and why they're delicious. Uh, show me a protein bar you can put in the microwave, by the way, and still taste good and not look like dog turds because Built Bar looks delicious. And if you put a lot of other things in the microwave that aren't meant to be microwave per se, they don't look great. You can have a carrot cake Built Bar, put it in the microwave, have it warm. You can have caramel brownie Built Bar, put it in the microwave and have it warm. Cookies and cream, all that good stuff. Don't you dare put any cheesecake flavors in the microwave or that's just blasphemy towards all cheesecakes. Don't do that unless you flash freeze it and make it good. Anyways, I should probably just tell you more about the product instead of uh, all these delicious ideas. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. And Justin can vouch for that. Not the keto part, but just the it's good for you and helps you live a healthy lifestyle. And the best part is if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best, who isn't touching himself this time. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. This question did come in from friend of the show, Kat. Where's the best place to sit in a hockey arena for a hockey game as a fan? Now, before we get to this, I'll just say there's it for me, it's going to depend on what type of game I'm watching. If I'm watching the NHL, if I'm watching a college game, a junior NHL. game, things like that. Well, I'm just, I'm giving them, I'm going to, I'm setting this up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because I want you to have an opinion as well, because there's plenty of Matt's surrounded by OHL teams. Yeah. Like it's one of those things you could throw a rock where he lives <laughs> and you're going to hit an NH, uh, an OHL team. It's just, the way it is up in Ontario uh, and lots of parts of Canada, uh, which is ex- exciting. And I'm very jealous of that. Uh, but, but for me, it does change depending on what, sh- what type of rank I'm in and everything too. So Matt, I'll go to you first for you. Where do you prefer to sit and why? See, now you're having me think about all this. I'll That's give you point. my, you're going to have a longer rundown on the junior and college hockey thing. So I'll give you my quick picks for that real quick. Quick fix real quick. Haha, good one. Um, Waka waka. For college and the OHL, it's one or two things. There's no in between. I either like to be right up against the glass and watching very intently. Like if I'm watching a goalie, I want to be right up against the glass. Or if I'm watching the game as a whole, give me like far back in the 100. So I'm looking over the glass and I can see like that kind of chess view of the game. Now, If I'm going to an NHL game as a fan, it really depends, and this makes me sound like a degenerate, on how much I'm going to drink. Because if I'm going to drink a lot of beers at the game, I'm probably going to want cheaper tickets. Now, I don't Uh, mind. Okay, so Toronto prices are through the roof. Um, How much is, like, the highest section 
but in the at center ice and about halfway up. Uh, halfway up or in the top? Halfway up, like halfway up the. So let's say there's three bowls, okay? Okay, yeah. And we'll call there the are. third bowl the highest bowl. Uh-huh. And the first bowl the lowest bowl. Okay. Halfway up the third bowl center ice. Half of the third bowl center ice, I believe. Average. I, be- I, be- I believe actual retail price of those tickets for the Predators is somewhere between 65 and 80, I believe. Okay, so in Toronto, you're lucky if you can get there for like 150. Very right. lucky. Yeah. Um. So... That's usually the move if I'm going to have a few beers at the game because those are considered the cheap seats. And I'm talking about 150 bucks to go against like Detroit, like not a good team whatsoever. It's cheaper for me to go to Buffalo and buy tickets Mm -hmm. um, and stay the night and get hammered at a bar before and after. Still significantly cheaper. Wow, I sound awful. Um, But if I'm going... Yeah, I truly do. But if I'm going to the Leafs game and I can afford decent tickets, my favorite spot to sit is in the corner of my team, just like right around the netting. So you don't have the netting in your face of where my team shoots twice. That's Mm -hmm. where I like to be because I like watching the goals firsthand. I'm more interested in watching the offense as a fan compared to the defense. And I'd rather see the puck go in more times per chance um, when I'm watching in person and I love aisle seats has to be an aisle seat because I have the worst bladder ever. I'm sorry if any of you've ever been to a game with me, I pee way too much because you're drinking so damn much. I don't drink. I drink water. Says the guy talking about getting slammer before going to a game. I only do that when I'm in fan mode. Oh, because he turns that off. Turn it off. Uh huh. Okay. We'll turn right. you off. You already do, buddy. Oh. <laughs> All right. So for me, typically for for a junior game, especially uh, for instance, of scouting or something like that, I've generally liked sitting at the high part of one hundreds in the corner, either corner for me, if I'm scouting, especially because I like seeing plays develop coming towards the net and seeing the action right there, but still being high enough to where you can have that overhead view. But I don't me my head gets sore from turning my head back and forth all the time. <laughs> if I'm giving you the Doppler effect while you're listening, then you know exactly what I'm doing. Like center ice is great, but you're always having to turn your head. You're When you're in the corner, you're just looking straight at the ice, and you don't have to turn your head for anything. You just look at it. All you're doing, you're shifting your eyes where they're going. You might do slight movements, but you're not having to turn your head. So I like that corner. Uh, I'll say that it's it's unique, especially depending on the junior arena. Some of them are built re- really old school. Like Peterborough is very old school. And you have basically your concourse. You can see a lot into the rink. Same thing with uh, Sarnia as well. You can see into the rink from the concourse. And I kind of like that because you're kind of getting that view from the concourse. You can watch the game a little bit too. Uh, a few of the in- HL barns do that too. And the uh, yep. Marlies, they changed it from Rico whatever the hell it's called now you can it's the same thing and <laughs> it, the players it, like walk through the concourse from their dressing cool. room yeah see that's that's kind of neat and old school uh for college it's basically for me i'd like to be just in the 100s and everything i like to be a little bit closer to it because if i think i, I want to get a, a, a pretty good view at the player but i want to be high enough to where i can actually scout the player uh for pro games i actually do like views from the press box except i'd rather be center ice for the pro game so you're getting a good equal view of everything you're watching for me it's hard to view it as a fan now just because i have not attended a pro game as a fan 
um, since the Winter Classic at the Big House. Holy hell. That's the last time I attended a game as a, a pro game as a fan. Hey, it was a Leafs game. It was a Leafs game, yeah. And I was just going because I, I wanted to experience it. So, I mean, I wore I wore nothing for either team. I was just there for the experience. And I was by myself. I had a buddy that who got tickets later and joined me, but he was in the complete other side of the stadium. And it was just one of those things we're happy to be there on like the 25, 30 yard line and with a decent view. So I do like the press box view. I think it's, I'm, I know I'm spoiled with that. Cause that actually is a pretty good view in most arenas. Like Pittsburgh has a, a fun press box. Um, Vegas has a really good, really good press box view. Uh, you are high up, but I like seeing plays develop because when you're reporting on games, you want to see how things develop because then you're tweeting those things out. You're including the story or including it in your wrap up. And I like having those extra details of the full thing of how a game looks. Um, and you're comfier up there too. And I'm comfier because yeah, the, the seats just aren't as bad, but I will say as a fan, when I was a fan, I was in the cell block. Um, that's where I started out folks. I was in three Oh three at season tickets there. And that's in the corner and you're pretty high up but it is in the corner and I, I like sitting in the corners uh, on those games. There's, there's almost, I mean, people will disagree with this, but there's almost no bad seats in an arena unless your view is completely obstructed. Yes. And there, Nashville, because it's a smaller arena, there aren't many, there aren't any seats with actual obstructions. There are some standing room only areas with obstructions. And that's why those, those standing room areas are a little bit cheaper. I know there are some arenas that actually do have some obstruction. New York Islanders before. The Leafs. Uh, the Leafs. Yep. The Leafs. Yeah, you, there's a literal blind spot in each corner where if you're hugging that wall where the blind oh, spot God. is, you can't see a third of the ice. That's brutal. That's, and you only pay like $20 less, by the way. That's brutal. See, it, luckily, Nashville doesn't have that. There are seats that, There are seats people might call bad, but then it becomes some preference. It's just yeah. on preference. There aren't seats that have actual obstructions where you cannot see the ice or you're obstructed by things. Now, the only things that I will say this, there are some seats where are obstructed by a little bit of railing, like, like the protective railing from falling forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's just slight adjustments. Like it's not one of those things where you're just blocked and you can't move your head to see. Kind no. Of so because the arena was built, the way it was built was built a little different. It was built for basketball and was originally built and obviously fitted for hockey. That's why we don't have an actual press box at Bridgestone Arena yet. It was supposed to be built, but then the pandemic hit. And now we'll wait and see if that actually gets built now. <laughs> what is your go-to, speaking of just being in the arena, if you're a fan going to like a junior game or something, what's the first place you go to in the arena? Oh, the pro shop. Yeah, that's that's for me too. Even if I don't buy anything, I just like to I yep. shop everything. Yep. I go pro shop. I go bathroom. I go beer. I go food. I go sit in my seats, watch warm ups. I go bathroom again, get another beer, and then sit in my seats and watch the game. Even if uh, I don't go to many games as a fan now, which I know people are probably like, what? It's just if I'm going to a game, I'm going to do some little bit of work because that's what gets me in for free. <laughs> um, but no matter what, if I'm going to a new arena, whatever team it may be, I always get a puck. That's just one of those things. I always get a puck. I, I get a hat. That's my yeah. thing. So I try to, I need to get a puck case and everything too. So folks, if you have a good lead on an affordable, nice puck case that'll hold like 50 or 60 bucks would be great. I know those are big or like two twenty fives, something like that. You know, tweet at me. I uh, I actually saw something recently. I'll see if I can find it for you. I know I know they're very 
pricey, especially because a lot of they them are, are custom made. But if you just have good leads on ones that you would consider, say, affordable, I'm not looking for cheap, but affordable, then then let me know. But yeah, I get a puck. So I try to look for unique pucks as well in these arenas and not just like the logo puck of the team because you could get those in any arena. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking for ones that are only sold at that arena in that pro shop because I know the Predators have ones that are like that, but they also have a stand that has pucks for every single team in the league. I'm like, I don't want just a typical logo puck. I want one that's unique. And I know I think- some teams have been doing ones that have the date yes on them but i have the the matchup i like those because then it's like this is the game i was at i covered this game at this arena yeah i think the move would be if you wanted some of the basic pucks but this is pricey now is to have a basic puck case and then a game case right that's just i don't have any basic pucks now i just but i do have some unique ones just from junior hockey from college from all these different things from teams that don't exist anymore (laughs) i mean i have plenty of uh, plymouth whaler stuff and that team I, has not been in existence for a while. I think with pucks too, like especially if you get them autographed, a lot of people don't protect their pucks that are autographed and just haul them out and stuff like that. The sun or any light will ruin that. Get a case. Yep. Get a case immediately yeah. and protect your memorabilia. We need a name for this segment, by the way. Cat's Questions, Cat's Corner. Because um, <laughs> uh, we have like 15 questions. From yeah, and I'm fired up. She Chat with Cat. Us. Chatting with, um, chat with cat, chatty catty. Let's see, let's see if she comes up with a name for it and replies to us. Yes, that okay. like I saw that string of tweets pop up again today, and it just made like, my heart awesome. so very happy. All right, folks, we always appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back with a recap and breakdown of what happens in the Predators versus Dallas game. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and give us a nice like. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Best of Matt. I'm at Justin B. Bradford and also LO underscore Predators. As always, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.